Welcome to Burn It All Down, the feminist sports podcast you need. Jessica here. We know that we are neglectful of baseball on Burn It All Down and have had requests from listeners to cover it more often. I won't make any promises going forward, but we are definitely going to talk baseball today right now. I'm joined by Bradford Davis, an investigative journalist with Insider, who has written about the failures at USA Fencing around reports of sexual assault, issues at RAIN, the top U.S. organization for victims of sexual violence, and in lighter fare, about the MLB using two different types of baseball during last year's season. He is a born and bred New Yorker and a huge baseball fan. Bradford, welcome to Burn It All Down. Yo, thank you for having me. All right, so I want to get our biases out of the way immediately. Uh, who's your favorite team in baseball? Who do you root for? I grew up a Yankees fan. My relationship to the rooting part of it is different, uh, in part because I just hate don't didn't like dealing with trolls who are like, oh, you bias, you know, whenever mm. I report something, you know, negative about the team. Um, you know, I am so happy when the Yankees do well. Okay. That's what, that's what I'll that's what I'll say publicly on the record. <laughs> that was such a diplomatic answer. In the privacy of my own home, it may be a little different. But you're like crying yeah. in the privacy I'm of your uh, own home, or yeah, or standing on your couch. Okay. So you know this. Our listeners know this. I'm not a baseball person. I think is like a fair assessment of me. Uh, but I do know that we're deep into the current season. So I thought this would be like a good moment to check in. And so. I'm just going to throw a giant question at you. Like at this point, like what have been some of the biggest headlines this season? Or maybe even just like what are the ones you're following? Man, the biggest recent narrative is probably the Fernando Tatis Jr. suspension for performance enhancing drugs. Yeah. Uh, that's you know kind of undeniable and that's, okay. you know, in the ether right now. Otherwise, I mean, um, it's been a pretty chill and non-controversial season, I would say. On the major league okay. level. I mean, there's been stuff with, you know, minor leaguers not saying, like, get, getting paid well or, or, or the uh, league dismissing their uh, righteous struggle for a living wage. Um, you know, things of that nature. But, I mean, uh, the Dodgers are still great. Mm. The Mets are the Mets are back. That's actually a big deal. Okay. Okay. But, you know, it's always hard, even, even with that kind of stuff, right? Like, here in New York, I'm, I'm actually from Queens, so, like, you know, it is a big deal that the Mets are great. Okay. But even though there's some level of national appeal to that, baseball is so regional, right? It's so hyper-local. Like, you know, you follow your team and you follow the 26 guys in your hmm. team. But, like, you may not know what exactly what's going on outside of stuff in your division. In part because there's so many games, I think, you know, like, that. it's like it's just genuinely hard, hard, hard to keep in touch with, like, every single team. Especially, like, teams that are not juggernauts, you know. But the Mets are back, and that's cool because they've they've been they've been bad for uh, mediocre, bad for most of anyone's lifetime. Yeah, I feel like that's <laughs> and, really all um, I know about them. All lifetime, all lifetimes, actually. So, uh, but they are really good. They have a uh, an owner who was a uh, evil finance guru, and but he's using his evil for a s small sliver of good, which is making the Mets good. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> they spend a lot of money. They have a really and they have a really really strong team that. Uh, Maybe win the World Series. Oh. So the vibes are strong there. But the teams that are expected to be strong and juggernauts are still strong. The Yankees, even though the Yankees have been terrible late. The defending champion Braves, the Dodgers. And yeah, I guess, uh, you know, the Padres were supposed to be alongside them because they just traded for Juan Soto, another big storyline. Uh, Juan Soto, a great, great, great player who um, was very foolishly traded by a very, his very cheap team, the Washington Nationals. 
um, or is an increasingly cheap team because they're they're oh. uh, preparing for a sale. But uh, once they got Monsoto back, they learned that for now Tatis was was no longer going to be on that team. So that really deflated their chances of going far in the playoffs. So you know that is I think baseball um, at large. Certainly there'll be you know more storylines to come. Um, hopefully some that I will help report. But um, ooh, that's a good tease. I like it. Yeah, that's a good tease. can can we start with then um fernando tatis jr because i feel like he might be the one of the few baseball players i could maybe pick out of a lineup if you showed me a bunch of pictures like he's bigger than baseball in that sense so as you mentioned earlier this month he was suspended for 80 games after he tested positive for Clostable? Am I saying that right? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I've only read that word. Okay. <laughs> Clostable, Clostable. It's an anabolic steroid, some kind of performing enhancing substance, which is banned by the MLB. Tatis Jr., he said he took a medication for ringworm that included Clostable, uh, that it was his mistake. He's not appealing it. So how did the baseball world respond to the news that he had been suspended? Uh, I think it's like... genuine disappointment and 50% I told you so. Oh, really? The disappointment comes from a lot of people who love him because he's a great, great player, man. Like, you know, he's so exciting. He is one of the few players that, yes, someone like you could pick out of a lineup because he's that big a deal to the game. He's very much one of the few faces of Major League Baseball at this point, you know? And, uh, And he's one that's a face domestically in part because, you know, his team is good or expected to be good. You know, he's a lot of fun. Um, and he speaks English quite very well, too, you know, which helps. Like, well, like Shohei Otani does have that language barrier, you know, which can be domestically an issue. You know, and internationally, right. it's huge. So I'm not trying to, you know, to uh, shade out Shohei Otani. But, um, but yeah, so Tati is amazing. So, uh, so yeah, a lot of his fans were really just sad that that, that happened, you know. Um, but then, of course, uh, Fernando Tatis has, has had, for uh, some fair reasons, some unfair reasons, a reputation of being immature, um, sometimes the immaturity is, um, judge over, I think, fairly non-consequential things like, say, swinging on a 3-0 and pitch while up, you know, many runs, you know, um, which actually happened in 2020. That's right. I feel like Brenda burned how people reacted to that, because that sounds very familiar to me now. Right, yeah. There was a, uh, yeah, 3-0 county, and he, and he hit a, you know, and he hit a grand slam, even though his team was already blown he up. He broke the unwritten rules. He broke, yeah, he broke an unwritten rule. Rules that no one can really agree on anyway. Um, and, uh... And he got slammed by, you know, both the opposing manager and his own manager and, you know, whatever. Mm. But I guess that sort of iconoclasm that makes him willing to, you know, um, flaunt a potentially unwritten rule for the good of his team is also the kind that will have him uh, riding motorcycles and (laughs) crashing them repeatedly in the offseason, which is actually why he hasn't played all year. It's not the PEDs. He got injured from a motorcycle crash? Things like that, which is like, hey, you know. Maybe don't, you know, if you, if you keep on falling off your bike and getting hurt, maybe stop doing that, you know? Yeah. Uh, maybe be upfront about it, too, which is was another issue, you know, not properly disclosing that. And then, of course, now the uh, PD, you know, violation, which is a shame given that, you know, he's already secured a, a lifetime mega contract, uh, many hundreds of millions of dollars. And uh, it's not like he, you know, needs this PD, you know, or, or needs this chemical or whatever to, um, to be great, you know, and... and uh, and he also is literate enough, both in English and Spanish, with which to, you know, to understand the joint drug agreement, which is complicated, admittedly, you know, but like, but he understand it or to ask someone for help. If he's like, hey, 
got, got this medicine. Should I take it? You know, <laughs> um, hmm. that's kind of where the immaturity stuff kind of factors in. And uh, and I think there's some merit to it. Some of it is, of course, like like all these kind of discussions, somewhat racialized by him being a young, boisterous, you know, uh, Dominican, you know, kid. It, conversations always get tainted in that way, which is unfortunate. Um, so you can't have like a level conversation on where he messed up versus, you know, um, magnifying it as some sort of like larger statement. I actually overheard a scout the other day actually talking about like how, uh, you know, you can't trust like, you know, most of these Dominican athletes. Like, can you think of one who's like signed like a long term deal and it paid off? And then and then he goes on to say to whoever he's talking to, he's like, oh, you know, the only ones who did had like strong fathers in the home. And, you know, oh, and no. it's just like, again, obviously having good dads in the home is really helpful for making good decisions when you're when you're multimillionaire. But like, I don't like how you said it. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> and, uh, mm. and I don't like that you applied it to an entire nation of athletes here, you know. So, yeah, that's, that's if, I, if I can give a roundabout sort of description again. Like, a lot of people really love him and really care about him and, want, and just want to see more Fernando Tatis. Um, a lot are frustrated about the way he conducts himself for both legitimate reasons and, and for, you know, unfair ones as well. Yeah, and I read, just correct me if I'm wrong, that so he got the 80 games, so that'll be the end of the season. If the Padres make the playoffs, those yeah. games would count against him, and it'll go into the next season. Yeah, it's going to go into next season, and also the, you're automatically disqualified from the playoffs from that mm. year, whatever year he gets suspended. Ugh. So we're not going to see him for a good while then. No, you know, we're not seeing him until next year. Assuming he doesn't crash his bike again. <laughs> Zing. Where is the baseball discussion around PEDs at this point? Is it just like, uh, it is a thing? Because it was such a thing for a while. And now... It's still it's still bigger than the other sports. You feel sure. like that? Yeah. Yeah, like in the NFL, right? Like, you know, you get busted for steroids. It's like, oh, you know, you, you take your four games <laughs> and you go back and you play. You know, and maybe you're taking steroids, maybe you're not. <laughs> kind of matter what you do yeah, yeah. right no it's like a, you get, honestly it's probably better for your body that you take your steroids you get suspended yeah and you have four you games of not getting hit in the head yeah you know but still so it's a bigger deal you feel like baseball it's way yeah it's 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 way bigger deal in baseball i think that there has become far less moralizing than there once was hmm. which isn't to say there isn't a lot of moralizing yeah well um the culture around major league baseball cares deeply about the uh perceived and very inconsistent definition of integrity around this game so like when you know the stats have to really mean something you know the uh the records have to really mean something it's a big deal right now that aaron judge is currently going uh has a decent chance at hitting 60 or more home runs this year which would be the first time anyone's done it cleanly so perceived cleanly you know since roger maris uh in in the early 60s you know ignoring that you know roger maris just started playing in the integrated era, so he did not have to deal with, um, you know, many, many other nationalities, you know, and and the total hordes of talent coming in. He just got, he just got got in on that, you know, so he had a, a somewhat easier environment, I would say, you know, to hit 60 home runs, but whatever. But that is how baseball folks think, mm-hmm. right? It's like, you know, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and Barry Bonds and, you know, and even though A-Rod never hit, you know, 16 a season, A-Rod, you know, um, et cetera, they did it dirty, and now Aaron Judge has a chance to do it mm-hmm. clean. So, like, it's a really big deal that even though he's not even going to break a record technically, right, the fact that he's going to, you know, break the unofficial record in many people's hearts, you know, cleanly, um, is a big deal. However, of course, I think sort of parallel to the way our country has moralized less about drugs, as um, we had an epiphany about five years ago that white people also get addicted to (laughs) the same drugs that black people do, you know, and that, you know, white lives could also be ruined by that. 
um, there's been a, a change in sort of the rhetoric, you know, and, and desire to push more uh, restorative and decriminalized sorts of approaches towards um, dealing with the, with our country's drug problem. Um, and so uh, I think that is, that is somewhat seeped into, you know, to Major League Baseball as well. And, 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 and you know, to baseball in defense, like, if I'm not mistaken, like they don't test for like things like marijuana, for example, mm-hmm. you know, um, which they once did. And then I think also because these suspensions have ratcheted up significantly in intensity, there is, um, I think, I think that there are way less people using performance-enhancing drugs than there once was because there's so much at stake, mm-hmm. and you know, and if you get caught, that you know can derail your entire career. If you get caught, like you get caught once, it's a half a season. You get caught twice, it's a whole season. Get caught three times, like I think you're done. That is so interesting. Uh, thanks for bringing up Aaron Judge because I was going to ask you what was going on because, I mean, I'm on Twitter too much. And so I, I kept seeing all these tweets about like, he's going to break a record. No, he's not. So he is going to cleanly, quote unquote, until we find out later or whatever. He's the perceived cleanliness. He's going to break this record. But it's really Barry Bonds record that exists, right? Yes. So, Barry Bonds okay. has a record for, for, you know, for, 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 you know, hitting 73 home runs, um, followed by Mark McGuire at 70. Sammy had, you know, hit in the 60s a couple of times, like three times, actually, you know. And then there's Roger Maris, who had 61. Okay, so that's this record that everyone's tweeting about. That is, that is, the, that is the official. However, we also know that Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, and Sammy Sosa are either admitted or in, are very likely to have used performance enhancing drugs as they broke those records. So I understand people's trepidation about it. I do, you know. But those are the official records. Aaron Judge just has a perception of cleanliness because he has never failed a test, you know. And so good for him, honestly. Yeah. Happy that he'll be able to, you know to be uh, in that conversation for greatest home run haters ever if he is able to cross a 60 home run plateau. Hmm. Okay. Well, now I understand. I feel like that was a yes, yes, no kind of situation for me if anyone listens to Reply All, where I just did not understand the <laughs> conversation that people were having about it. Every deep playoff run starts with building an amazing team. Doing the same for your business doesn't take a room full of scouts. You just need Indeed. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Hate waiting? Indeed's US data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Something I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because with virtual interviews, Indeed saves you time. You can message, schedule, and interview top talent all in one place. Indeed knows that when you're growing your business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why when you sponsor a job, you only pay for quality applications from resumes in our database matching your job description. Visit indeed.com slash blue wire to start hiring today. Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I did want to ask you about, so you talked about the Mets are back. Dodgers are great. Yankees are doing well. Padres, maybe. We'll see. But one of the things that I keep seeing are the Orioles. Yes, that's right. So, like, there was an ESPN headline that was literally like, are the Baltimore Orioles for real? So I want to ask you, like, are they? (laughs) You know, man, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) 
I know it's like there's like six weeks left of the season. Is like, but do I, people want them to be? Like, yeah, yeah. So I mean, a little context for the Orioles as well as actually Seattle Mariners. If you, we were talking about storylines, two teams that are like always bad. Uh, the Mariners are in a playoff spot seat, seat right now, uh, which would be the first time in 20 years, 21 <gasps> years. Wow, love love but, that. But at least the Seattle Mariners aren't catching you, catching you by total surprise because they were they played competitive baseball until the very last day of the season where they were eliminated. You know, so there was a chance they could have made it last year. But now they're going and all that good. The Orioles, however, um, have been really historically terrible. They've been garbage, and they've been garbage by design. As we know in other sports, you know, like and the NBA really the the, the uh, first two really proliferated, but tanking. Is that where you're taking me? Exactly. Major League Baseball has, you know, followed suit. NFL, too, for that matter, you know. Um, but, like, you know, but yes, tanking. But, like, not, like, just normal rebuilds. Not just one season of, like, being terrible and then hoping, you know, for a good draft pick like the Spurs did before they got Tim Duncan. The process. Process level, Sam Hinkie style. We're going to be bad, you know, indefinitely until we have <laughs> enough people that we think are stars and then maybe we, we might try. The Orioles have done that to a new and crazy level even this year. They traded a lot of they traded a lot a few other good players at the trade deadline this year, despite being in shouting distance of a playoff spot because they didn't feel like they that the odds were high enough to actually go for it, which frustrated a lot of people. Wow. But a funny thing happened, they kept winning. <laughs> they've been they've been oh. winning. They won uh, they won last night uh, against the Red Sox, who were um, supposed to be a much better than them this year, but they've kind of just been a squishy, mediocre team all year. But the Orioles do have you know a lot of young players. They're starting to graduate their best prospects. They have this catcher named Adley Rushman. Um, I probably pronounced that last name wrong. Apologies to burn it all down fan Adley Rushman, but um, <laughs> but Adley Rushman is a you know he's a he's a great catcher, um, great young catching talent. He's twenty four years old. He's a rookie, and he um, like has almost immediately looked like he belonged in the league, which is a big deal. And it's very hard to do that as a catcher because it's a very difficult position to, to learn. Hmm. Um, it's why not too many why a lot of people move off the position you know in the thirties because it just beats them up too much and and a lot of people can't ha- hack it because it requires being very intelligent with you know, managing a game and, like, you know, being able to understand the situation at all times, you know, know what every pitcher throws, you know, and, and remember, p- pitchers throwing 99-mile-an-hour fastballs, 92-mile-an-hour sliders, they're going left and right and up and down and all that, and he's able to manage all of that quite well, for especially for a rookie, while also hitting well. So he, he may win rookie of the year. Hmm. So um, they're starting to see some of their young players, you know, um, perform well on the major league level, and uh, they are, they seem to be, teaching some of the pitching that they found how to pitch well, which is, a, I think, an issue the organization had is that they've given up good players um, on their, during their rebuild, like, by accident, almost. <laughs> and, uh, which is kind of a problem. Like, you know, you're supposed to be able to identify the talent you have, you know, um, if you're going to be in a hard rebuild. But um, I'd say the sad thing for fans is that tanking actually does kind of mm. work. Yeah. We've seen that with, uh, not, not always, but, you know, but the Houston Astros also had a similar kind of tank job. You know, they won the World Series. Again, not in the cleanest method, but the talent there is undeniable. Uh, Chicago Cubs, the year before that, you know, but then they started spending once they got, once they realized they were they were close to being good, and then they won the World Series. And now uh, here we have Baltimore, you know, ready to, ready to shine as well. And so um, I feel for the, the fans who have suffered through multiple, you know, 105 to 10 lost seasons um, of this just completely garbage, completely incompetent team. Uh, finally kind of learning how to win a little bit and, and play meaningful baseball late in the season. That is cool for them. I am sad for a sport that incentivizes being absolutely terrible and not even trying to compete at all. And, uh, and that being a, you know, a path towards, towards victory. Um, I think that the big problem, Jessica, uh, which is 
I think more pronounced perhaps in, in MLB and the NBA is that there are other ways to win, you know, in MLB. Like you can go out and just sign lots of good players. Okay. You know, you can go out and spend lots of money and, and you know, um, oversaw it in the draft. You can do you can do those kinds of things. Um, but the cheapest way to win is the thing. <laughs> because minor leaguers don't make any money. Your best mm. prospects make, you know, I mean, besides the signing bonuses, they make as much as like, you know, as anyone else. Um, you know, you don't have to shell out $300, $300 million on, like, say, a Garrett Cole to lead your rotation. You just kind of hope that you develop one. And I understand the point, you know, obviously there's, there, there's always going to be benefits of like, you know, developing your own homegrown stars versus going out and getting one. But again, it is not the only, even the best, but it is the cheapest. And that is what frustrates me watching the Orioles win. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I don't want anyone else to be like, Hmm, let's try that. And let's like submerge our team for five to 10 years and hope we, you know, we have a victor as well. And to give you hmm. an example of the other side of this, the Detroit Tigers are terrible and they've also tanked. In, in, uh, in a similar way to the Orioles. Maybe not quite as extreme, but but still pretty bad. They have not been good since 2017, and um, and they have nothing to show for. They just fired the GM um, earlier this year. But like, you know, nothing's happening there. Oh, man. Well, before I let you go, this has been – I've learned so much, so thank you. Uh, going into the back end of the season, we're gearing up for the playoffs. They start in early October. What teams, what players should we be paying attention to? Especially those of us like me who I will show up for the playoffs. I'm one of those fair weather people. So who obviously now I'm going to be rooting for Baltimore, but like who else? Honestly, I think the Mets are super fun. Hmm. Uh, a fun group of like goobers. <laughs> what do you mean? Tell me more about goobers. They have, they have this name where um, whenever they have a walk off, like the shirt always gets torn off. Oh. So Pete Alonzo, who's like this like burly, but kind of soft Man, uh-huh. you know, who's, who has hit his share of walk-offs. Like, you know, if you watch a Mets walk-off, you're going to see this man, you know, walk around. I'm, you know. <laughs> I'm going to be Googling this as soon as we get off here. So I will be seeing this. But they have, you know, they have an incredible front of the rotation. Two guys that you'll see in the playoffs a lot are Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom. Two guys you actually see this week playing against the Yankees in the Subway Series, which is, you know, the New York versus New York. Regular season okay. matchup are Max Scherzer, again, Jacob DeGrom. They are both the, they're two Hall of Famers. They, are, they have... Amazing stuff. Remember I talked to you, talked about 100-mile fastballs and 92-mile-an-hour sliders? That's Jacob DeGrom. While Max Scherzer just has, like, the most, like, angriest, like, I hate you demeanor on the mound for whatever, however long he's playing. I wish that we could mic him up, but <laughs> we wouldn't be able to, like, broadcast MLB games <laughs> on, like, you know, national television. It had to be on, like, Showtime or something. <laughs> because of, because you just watch him like cussing people out like behind his glove, you know. And it's not even about the hitter; it's about like you know. Yeah, how he pumps like himself oper- up. operating hate, you know, for however long he needs to to throw. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're both like great big game pitchers, you know. And then they have Francisco Lindor, who um, is one of the most you know wonderful, joyous players to watch. He's you know they call him Mister Smile because he's always smiling. He's a sh- he's just starting shortstop. To give you a good example of like you know the met of, of winning without tanking, you know the Mets. Um, traded for him because he was about to become a free agent and they signed him to a mega deal rather than just kind of like, you know, collapsing the team and, and you know, and selling it off for spare parts. They're like, no, we're going to build, you know, we're going to build around this guy through free agency and through, and through good trades. And, um, and he's, and it's paying off. He's having a great, um, he won't win the MVP award, but he'll finish in the top 10, I think. But he's fundamental to, like, I think a positive culture there, you know, where like, you know, where there's joy and encouragement rather than just kind of like tearing people down. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's super clutch. He plays great defense. Uh, yeah, the New York Mets are a really fun team to watch. I mean, I'm biased because you know it's the hometown area, but like, yeah. you know, but that's but as someone who gets to catch a lot, a lot of their games and everything, I'm I'm very glad that they that uh, New York is served well by by a fun team like them. This has been great, Bradford. 
please tell our listeners how they can find you and your work out there on the internet. Got you. So, uh, yeah, so I'm, like I said, I'm an insider. The last big story I did, which is, you know, not a headline yet, I guess, you know, this year, but was about Major League Baseball quietly using two different balls. Um, you can find that if you Google Major League Baseball two balls or you or my name, Bradford William Davis, you will find. <laughs> you will find that story. That's uh, probably the most prominent thing I've done. Uh, so, you know, I am working on a follow-up in the moment. Um, so, which is why I say I, I hope to break headlines, but, you know, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what I find. And, um, yeah, so you can catch me there. You can catch me on Twitter um, where I'm posting uh, religiously and relentlessly <laughs> at BWD, but three times, BWD, 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 because those are my initials. Um, I am on IG as well, not as often, but uh, BWD.png, like the image file, et cetera. Uh, I'm trying out TikTok. We'll see. Oh, <laughs> um, I had to watch out for that millennial pause, though, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> or else I'm going to get cooked uh, by these youngins. But hopefully just just another access point to find out the kind of stuff I'm thinking about and stuff I'm working through. Um, I contribute elsewhere sometimes as well. Like, I podcast pretty often in baseball prospectus. Um, I've written and will be writing more things for GQ, sports and non-sports stuff. And so, uh, yeah, um, I'm around. Awesome. Everywhere is the answer. You can find Bradford <laughs> everywhere that everywhere. you look. Thank you so much for coming on Burn It All Down. This has been great. Thank you for having me. That's it for this episode of Burn It All Down. This episode was produced by Tressa Versteg. Shelby Weldon is our web and social media wizard. Burn It All Down is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Listen, subscribe, and rate the show wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow Burn It All Down on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For show links and transcripts, check out our website, burnitalldownpod.com. You'll also find a link to our merch at our bonfire store. And as always, thank you to our patrons. Your support means the world. If you want to become a sustaining donor to our show, visit patreon.com slash burnitalldown. To all our flamethrowers, burn on and not out. And I you up and I spit you up.